Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. Banter, banter, banter. And we are entering the banter segment. Hey, hey, hey. Woohoo. How's everybody doing out there? You <laughs> are way too energetic for this hour, my friend. Way too energetic. <laughs> Come on. You ain't sharing, man. That ain't fair. <laughs> I never share. Wait a minute, I hear another voice. What? No. Oh, wait. Things. Noel, are you hearing voices again? No, uh, that's the one that um, hears voices. Remember? <laughs> She's not the one. She's the one know. that hears voices, not us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and usually they're telling me horrible things like big cookies, oh, big God. brownies. Don't bring me scotch. <laughs> <laughs> There's that mystery voice. That one didn't quite match in. No. No, for those keen-eared listeners at home, yes, we have a special guest this week. And so all of us at Seize the One of the specialists. Yes, are extremely happy to welcome Bowl to join us for this topic, talking about convention GMing when we get to the main topic. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Say hi to your adoring fans, Bull. Hello, adoring fans. Worship me. (laughs) <laughs> Believe me, we do. Or, you know, mock, mock me, throw pickles, whatever. <laughs> I would never waste pickles like that. Pickles are delicious, and they're wonderful uh, summertime snacks. <laughs> and an important component in making your Bloody Marys. That, that's fair. That's wait, fair. Wait, what? Have you A never pickle? used pickle? Yeah. Pickle juice. Oh, pickle juice, yes. No, I never stick the actual pickle into the Bloody Mary. What the hell? What's wrong with you? I am eating it. It is delicious. It should be in the Bloody Mary. No. He, he does do that. It's it's weird. Just roll with it. Yeah, point, point. You know, but, but I'm, I'm the one that rim, rims their Bloody Mary, sh- um, their Bloody Mary drink glasses with bacon salt. So, you know. Yeah, I just use fried garlic. <laughs> I don't well, do Bloody Mary, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we're terrible people and we argue about the most delicious things and people are going to be listening to this and they're like Ooh, oh fresh garlic oh i gotta try that and Maybe. then they're gonna like it and then they're gonna have a whole bunch of drinks and then they're gonna come on to our facebook group page and they're going to be arguing with each other it's like best way to fry it best way to smoke it best way to you know i'm like oh this is gonna go bad as so long as you're on the uh, Facebook group, I don't care. <laughs> so, welcome to Seize the Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, uh, my well, background well, is a cocktail well, writer. Actually, matters. When it when it when it comes to alcohol, Bull, I think you are one of the founding members of the Shadowrun Scotch Squad, if I recall correctly. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, that uh, and that came around because of the BattleTech Beer Brigade, if I recall, right? No, the beer. Well. It's like we had to have some kind of alliteration, right? The Beer Brigade wasn't named yet, but uh, the Canadians used to bring – the Canadian Battletech guys used to bring down lots and lots of beer to the convention every year, Canadian (laughs) beer and stuff. But no, the Scott Squad came about just – was me, uh, Kane Hazen, Andy Cohen, um, and a few other guys one night at at Origins, I think, or Gen Con. I think it was at Origins. Anyways, a a couple of folks had brought – bottles of alcohol because that was something we used to do we used to just bring all kinds of alcohol with us but uh they had brought some really nice scotch so we basically had a sort of a scotch tasting one night and uh it just sort of morphed from there 
and we named it the Shadowrun Scotch Squad, and it's kind of become a a regular thing. Yeah. Oh, it's it is delightful. I have, I have at. Although Gardemanger, I hate you and I love you <laughs> for getting a picture of me with a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, and there's only a teeny weeny weeny bit left. So instead of going from like no, and I just up into the bottle right then, he got a hit. <laughs> and now it, it is all right. Let's just put it this way: it's like if I ever go to any type of alcohol convention, that would be considered black male material. But other than that, no. But. Uh, I I have that picture and I showed it to a friend of mine who is a scotch aficionado and I'm like is it really that bad (laughs) clutching pearls fainting out I am not kidding oh my god I am so sorry I did not mean to do that to you (laughs) so but that's the thing is, like, when you're going to a convention, there's these wonderful little things that pop up, and usually you have to do it because if you're working, like, Bulls done for Catalyst and our other people probably done for Paizo or, or Wiz of the Coast for Watsy or whatever, afterwards, after you jam, you need to drink and swap war stories and or describe the, I can't believe this person tried to, you know. Yeah. It, it, you know. <laughs> it's but, the, yeah. It's the yeah. only way to maintain your sanity. Yeah. Or what passes for it. Now, what was really fun before we move too deep and before we get off all the storytelling, I found the child, the compilation of the Beer Brigade and the Scotch Squad. This year's uh, Mother's Brewing Company MILF release is a um, Scotch barrel aged stout. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, with cocoa nibs and raisins that was aged in scotch barrels. It, it's literally like a the, chocolate stout. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is the bridge between the beer brigade and the scotch squad. <laughs> nice. Uh, that sounds that sounds like something I would like to try. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the thing is like well, we to- all day long. I can't taste any of it, which is the best part. <laughs> oh, That's but the worst part. remember 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 the first time I met you at Origins and it was awesome because you're like, Oh my god, she is that small. Yeah. And oh my god, she jumps. Which yes, is hilarious. And too. I brought and I brought alcohol and we got you shit faced. I was and I was pretty got, drunk. And you got sick the next day and I was like I was no. sick though beforehand. Like I was I starting know, to come down with something beforehand. So. I know, but yeah. just getting completely and totally wasted. I feel terrible about that <laughs> because I feel I, I was horrified because I'm like, oh my god, my uh, me bringing all this booze because well, fuck it, I ain't gonna drink it all alone. Yeah, I'm pathetic, but I'm not that pathetic. Yeah, I figure yeah. that'll be again again this year. We should do something like that. No, man, we, we got we got kicked out of the convention center that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being there too late. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was delightful. So, all right. So, if people are going to be at Origins, um, if we're in the convention hall and we are passing, you're going to see some people. Actually, weird. This, I'm probably year, this year, hopefully, we are going to have a banner so that people will be able to find us when we set up to record. I'm getting a bag for my head. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am actually in the process. I got to get a hold of, uh, I got to see if I can put a banner together this week so that I can get it to the, uh, the printer so that I can get it before like in the next like four days so that I can get ready to get out of here for origins in time. Speaking of origins and speaking of the uh, kind of fun jumping between drinking and gaming, that really does lead nicely back into talking about convention GMing and, you know, your species of activity that occurs at conventions that is the same, but also very different than gaming at home. It is. And I have never in my life wanted or done <laughs> gaming like GMing at a convention. I it is not it is not something that is in my wheelhouse to want to do. Let's just put it this way. If the, the stories I hear from Bull tonight will determine whether I update my entry on Gen Con or not. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I will I put in a request to run two uh, Little Fears games, and they kick back to me because it's like, 
I don't know exactly what the hell's going on with it, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, whether I mod those and resubmit is pretty much based on what Bull tells us. So do Bull, it. Do tell it. Us, <laughs> yeah, do it anyway. Who cares? No. <laughs> Dude, Don't listen to me. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Are you kidding me, dude? You are the most famous Shadowrunner in all of oh, like, the Sixth not. World, sweetie. Let's let's not stroke my ego. It doesn't need that. <laughs> um, yeah, it does from time to time, you know. But, I mean, like, w- what is it like to, to actually run a game? Especially something that's like, like Shadowrun's missions where they have very specific uh, beats within the story and... You know, it's really difficult for, you know, to, to kind of have like a team completely derail it and then F up the whole thing. Oh, I it's, mean, what's it like? <laughs> Entertaining, usually. Well, um, I mean, it's fun to laugh at the stupid people, but, you know, there, it's, there's I'll, rules I'll, and regs and shit. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say this. When, when I first started doing it... Um, this goes back to, I want to say, Origins 96 at this point. I graduated high school that year. Uh, and I feel old now. Uh, <laughs> although, that's to be fair, that was only a few, that's only a few years after I graduated, so you're not that much younger than me. No, exactly. That, um, he is the baby in this group. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was Origins 96 that I was my first year I was involved. Um, and back then, um, all we did was a tournament. There was a three-night tournament elimination style. So you had 12. So the first night, you'd have 12 teams. Second night, we would cut it down to four teams. And then the final night was just the last two teams. And while it was really interesting to do that style of thing, it also kind of sucked for some of the players because to sign up, you kind of had to commit for three nights. And And you could be cut in the first night. Right. Um, Or you would have instances where you'd have people that didn't realize it was a three night thing would would play the first night, their team would advance and then they wouldn't show up the second night because they were off at another game. So it was always a little messy. Um, It was interesting and fun. And that one was really tight because you were scored on because you had six pre-gen characters that you played, um, Mm -hmm. that the players played Uh, the Adventure itself was pretty tightly structured because all the teams were getting scored based on it was a combination of like how they role played the characters they were that they were given, um, how they solved the individual problems, how they handled the the various things that popped up in the game. So you couldn't let them get off track. And that was always pretty tough to do. Um, And some GMs handled it better than others over the years. Um. That is one of the tricks too to GMing. Yeah, <laughs> then it, trying it, to trying to steer them in the right direction, and more importantly, keeping them in the right direction on time. Uh, we had we had one night where the G where a GM would not wouldn't limit the players. The game oh. went from, was, was scheduled from eight until midnight. We were there until almost four in the morning, waiting for him to finish up. Please tell me. Please, I, oh my God, that! I'm sorry, that guy deserves to have you know like caramel poured on his leg hairs and then slowly ripped. It was it was, it was brutal because he just oh he didn't wanna, like he didn't want to like cut it short and he didn't want to force the players to you know to just move along and but it you're was on a, someone else's clock, you know? Yeah. So it was it was interesting. Um, so, so what did, what did you do? What were you, what did, what did you do to handle time stuff? I mean, I'm ADD. Honestly, as a GM, at a convention at a GM, you basically just have to be honest with the players because in fact, the matter we have is an hour left. Yeah. Everybody knows that they're on a time limit because if nothing else, besides the fact that as a GM, you only have so many, so much time to run an adventure, they all have things they want to get to do. You know, they, they know that at three o'clock yeah. they have another game. So they, so, so the idea is a, you want to keep a clock or something. Like I always keep my cell phone where I can see it so I can keep an eye on the time at any given point. 
And then B, as they're playing, if they ever start to wander off or they ever start to just go a little bit too long, you basically just say, hey, guys, we need to kind of tighten it up and keep it going. And usually most players are good enough, understand, not necessarily good enough, but they understand that, okay, we need to push it along. Um, And then occasionally as a GM, you just have to force it as well. You basically just have to say, okay, uh, well, we're running out of time. You guys have been here too long. This is going to start happening. So you have to go do it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the, this is probably, I would think, one of the exceptions where the idea of don't railroad your players is, yeah, you might have to railroad your players because they're on a time limit, and if you get points, and, and I know when I played missions two years ago, you get points for each specific objective within that story that you do. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's, so, how, that's how we got karma. So most, most, most players, especially when it comes to missions now, too, they understand that the games are a little bit on rails. Mm-hmm. They have wiggle room, and we write them so that there's some options. Like, when I was um, – uh, because as a lot of people know, but not everybody necessarily, I was uh, missions coordinator for a number of years. So it was mm-hmm. my job to write adventures and to – edit and uh, to, to, to basically hire writers and edit their, their work and get them to write the adventures as well. Can you do it again, so, please? <laughs> no. I want to, I want to, I want to play a full no. New York Decker original. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually I know, do I have a couple adventures I want to write out at some point just for my own personal fun, but I'll play them. Um, so when you're writing adventures or when I would have the GMs, one of the things I always make sure they know is, okay, you know, when you write a scene, you basically lay out where the paths are and you try to think about what paths the players will take and write, OK, if they want to do this, this happens. Or if they want to do this, they can't because of X. So you cut off certain paths sometimes to kind of keep them on the on the rails. And yeah. like I said, fortunately, most players at conventions understand that there's time limits, which means you're going to have to be on the rails to some degree. So I was going to say they almost have to accept that because if you don't, there's you only have what most slots are what four hours. They're four hours, but by the time everybody sits down, gets their characters, gets set up. And then you also have to have a little bit of time at the end for the wrap up and to give out karma and money and stuff like that. Yeah. You've got like three and a half hours. Yeah. You've got maybe three and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. If you have everything tight right up to that point, like you have exactly like three and a half hours, that's tough to do. Yeah. Hey, players. I've, I've also I have also occasionally had I've, I've had a couple of times where I wasn't able to keep the players condensed or I let myself get distracted, um, which happens occasionally, too, because I'll you know, you get into it as much as the players do. You get into the role play and the fun and and everything like that. And unfortunately, as much as I love Shadowrun, combat can sometimes just drag. Oh, yeah. No matter how hard you try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've occasionally had points where you have to basically just jump them ahead in the adventure. You know, <laughs> you basically you basically do a little cutscene and, OK, you guys found this dude and you interrogated him and you found this. So now you're here. Yeah. So <laughs> you, know? you might end up skip a couple of scheduled combats. You tr- so you would try and keep more story and and right. plot points rather than the the night yeah. of a million between halfway, the end of fight. Yeah. Halfway through the fight, suddenly the players, you know, the NPCs have no armor. Yeah. I don't tell the players that, but suddenly they're <laughs> yeah, much you just better start at doing things like oh, one shot. He's dead. Wow, wow. that was amazing. <laughs> Apparently he only yeah. had four hitboxes of damage. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, players. If you're li- yeah, yeah, he was sickly. Players, if you're listening along, one of the things you may have noticed is respect the limitations of the convention. The GM is going to have to do things differently, so go ahead and make it easier on your GM there by acknowledging that maybe now's not the best time to go off on a 20-minute soliloquy about how to make a martini. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's also something as a convention GM you have to be willing to do is that occasionally there is just that player. Uh, you'll well, have a player that won't. How do you deal with them? You know? yeah, the first step is pull them aside. Basically, you, you take them aside uh, privately because you don't want to call them out in front of the group. That's just that's rude to the player. It's uncomfortable for everybody else at the table. So as a GM, you want to pull them aside or something like, like uh, so you'll be like, okay, you, Bob, 
can you come over here for a second? And you basically just say, you know, hey, listen, this is the way it is. This is what we need to do. I can't have you doing this because it's unfortunately disrupting the game. We're not going to be able to finish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you have to try to, and you have to do those things and keep those tight too. So that you're not like, like this guy starts throwing a fit. It's like, dude, you've got one of two options, either kind of toe the line or. Right. And with missions we have, there's, there's a, uh, there's room captains that are in charge of the entire room. So if there's a player that is a problem that you can't keep under control, there is a point where you bring, you can bring in the room captain. And I don't know that we've ever actually had to kick anybody out, but that's, that is always an option. We have, I was at a game where we threw somebody out. Okay. I I was at a table and a guy almost got in a fisticuffs with the GM. Oh Oh, yeah. That's a, I have, I have seen, I, I have seen a player like get basically when you told them something like that, they got up and left. I've never actually seen somebody kicked out, but I, I can see it happening. Yeah. And, and basically, and, and you, you never want to do that as a GM, as, you know, as a player, anything like that, because you want everybody to have fun. Ultimately, at the well, end of the day, we're say, all there to people, have fun. Some people, that is their fun, being antagonistic and drawing well, things out. Right. And that, but that's your, that social contract of we're all in this to all have fun. You can't be the only right. one having fun. In the in the missions in the missions rules this and guidelines. In the mission rules and guidelines, there's a line that I put in there, and it basically says that at the end of the day, no one person's fun trumps anybody else's fun. It, it, and that's basically what it comes down to is we want you to have fun, but if your fun is overriding everybody else's fun. Um, and the other thing is, and, and this is also a point that a lot of GMs actually have a hard time with. Um, you, you mentioned a guy going off on a 20 minute soliloquy or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you will occasionally have players that are just very, very social and very active. And unfortunately, if, if, if everybody lets them, they will basically just run the table. They will be the guy that's always doing things, always talking. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of players that are, especially at conventions, especially for gamers, a lot of there's a lot of gamers with like social anxiety and stuff. And even though they show up at conventions, they're still they're quiet, they're shy, they don't necessarily want to speak up. And if there's somebody at the table that's very loud and very aggressive in their gaming style, it can leave other players basically sitting off to the side. And they won't say anything the entire game. So a big thing that I always do is um, I make sure I let the players take turns. Um, so I will start at one end of the table. Like no matter what they're doing, I'll start at one end of the table. I'll be like, what are you, you know, I'll be like, okay, you, what are you doing? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And they can, and it's perfectly fine if they say, I'm not going to do anything or I'm just going to hang back and watch, but you make sure you give them that option where they're in the spotlight for a moment where they can act, where they can speak up and nobody else is talking over them. And if there is somebody that starts to go long, you say, okay, hold on right there. I need to go on to the next person. We'll come back to you. And that'll usually cut them off. And then you just keep going around the table and you come back to them. Yeah. And usually by the time you get back to them, it's derailed them enough that they don't pick up right where they left off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But the, and the key is, is a keep everybody involved and B, like I said, let everybody have fun. Oh, the thing is, it's there. I know. Well, I did, but my my big issue as a player when I played is there's also a lot of. Well, even when we're in the Cattles game, there's so many distractions, so many noises, and it's that well, is. I've I've got hearing issues, so you know, it's like I I was actually it's like I was sitting next to the gym and I was like staring, almost staring at him, and he's like, "Look at me!" He's like, "I'm like I'm reading your lips, dude. It's really really noisy." I mean, how, how are you also able to, to enjoy and tell a story when there's well, games everywhere else? That <laughs> is always a hard time. Um, and there's not a really a good answer to that, because unfortunately, the answer to that is to speak up, <laughs> which, of course, just increases the problem exponentially. Yeah. Um, I come away from when I do like a lot of GMing or a lot of running at conventions, I very frequently come away from the convention unable to talk. By the end of the weekend, my voice is just gone. I guzzle so much Gatorade and so much water trying to keep my voice and my vocal cords moist. 
And even then at the end of the convention, my voice, my throat is just raw and I am, I, I have oh, like no voice left. Well, and that segues really nicely into mm-hmm. something else. Like I don't want to mention that's also a, a sneak preview of things coming up is as a GM, don't forget to take care of yourself. If you're volunteering, Oh yeah. You've got some kind of a selfless component and you're doing this for other people to have fun, but get your bio break, get your water, get your coffee, get your snacks. You've got to be functional for everyone else to have fun. And sometimes that means I'm sorry, we're between sessions. I I need to excuse myself. If you're a smoker, go outside, have your cigarette, get your coffee, come back ready and able to engage fully. And that taking care of yourself is going to make it more fun for everybody. Uh, one of the things as a GM I almost always did was I tried to schedule right around the two-hour mark. I always tried to make sure we took a five-minute break. Even if it was just to let everybody get up and stretch their legs. Right the bathroom stretch your legs, yeah. Yeah. I always kind of like, okay, we're going to take a five-minute break. Everybody, you know, go to the bathroom, do what you need to do. We'll meet back here. Um, yeah, and me going, pull the emergency and running like a loon. If you are a, if you are a GM, though... Um, I know like the catalyst catalyst is usually pretty good about stocking water for the room, for the GMs. Um, and like I said, there's a room manager and the room manager will make periodic uh, laps around the room, asking the GMs if they need any water. Um, I also always bring Gatorade, although I'm getting to that point now where I'm getting older and things like salt start giving me issues if I drink too much salt. So Gatorade, I have to kind of be careful with my Gatorade intake anymore. My legs, my legs end up really swollen by the end of the convention. Yeah, um, because of that. Would but you think, uh, like uh, lozenges, like Ricolas. Uh, I you don't know, do like, well with those. I was going to say uh, I use them. Yeah, all the as time a lot of GMs are doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, personally, I don't, but a lot of GMs do use those, and those will help as well. Uh, the other thing I recommend is um, something along the lines of. Um, Oh, what do they call them? Blanking on the name. The little uh, fruit, little fruit bars with like the oat outside of them. Granola bars? Nah, well, granola bars work, but I'm thinking like, of the they're, softer. They're like, they're like um, oh, no, like yeah, they're Nutrigrain like bars. bars. Nutrigrain bars. Yeah, Cliff bars, Nutrigrain bars, stuff like that. Something that's got a little bit of uh, protein, a little bit of uh, of calories um, that can act as a snack. You want a balance of protein um, and. Carbs, because that's going to be short-term and long-term energy, and it's going to provide a better mental ability to actually think. Don't, especially if you, especially if you're doing some sort of volunteering where you end up, like we've had GMs because because uh, Catalyst requires a certain number of hours to get like your badge to get your room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And sometimes the um, and sometimes the, the the player, the GMs, will decide they're going to try to get as much of their GMing done in one or two days. Uh, So there'll be guys that are doing 12 hour shifts of GMing during a day, which means they're not, they're barely leaving that room. So it's really useful to carry around snacks and stuff, for instances like that, just so that you're, you're getting something to sustain yourself. Cause otherwise, (laughs) otherwise you will be hurting by the end of the convention. Ouch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't do that. (laughs) Well, the the thing is also, and I, I guess this comes because I I, I know me, and um, <laughs> is that um, you know that we always have to deal sometimes with like um, toxicity and what have you, because there's always going to be that one player. But uh, um, is there anything you know for you know? But we're talking a lot about physical self care. But the thing is that we're all people and, you know, sometimes you can run a session where just the dice were always failing or you had that one jerk that you really worked your butt off to wrangle. I mean, after all that's over, what did, what did you do just to take care of yourself after that? Or somebody looked you in the face and I swear to God, if someone does this to you, bring me and I will scare the hell out of them. Don't piss off the sort of Italian. Um, but, you know, it's just, you suck. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, is there... What do you, because there's running, but then you also have to kind of calm collect so you can still enjoy it. You don't well, want to there, have there's there's two things. There's two things. One, mm-hmm. the Shadowrun Fifth Edition core book is a nice, heavy, large, blunt weapon. <laughs> uh, so yep. when all plus, else, two, plus two D bludgeoning damage. 
I believe I actually put damage codes in the missions. Effect. You did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, sweetie. And I, I nearly peaked myself laughing. Um, and the second is, why do you think we started the Scotch Squad? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you serious, need to talk with people. And, and honestly, serious, it does help. Yeah. A more serious answer is, yeah. I mean, if you have a really bad session for whatever reason, um, like I never worry about dice as a GM because I, I'll be, I'll be completely honest as a game master. I am more than willing to fudge dice rolls when necessary. Yeah. Um, but now when like if the player critically glitches and has just been, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like we can do it from behind the screen, but you know, yeah, no, if a player's having bad rolls, that's, that's another issue, but you can, you can find ways to throw them a bone, give them, give them things and don't make them roll for it. Basically Mm -hmm. like, you know, what are you doing? Or if it comes down to it and they have enough skill, give them, you know, allow them to do the three for one, you know, just avoid the roll. And that's actually a good way to speed up the game sometimes too is if you're pressed for time, just be like, you got 12 dice. Okay. You got four hits, you know, that sort of thing. Just, you know, cause that's the average anyways. So you just cut out the, you cut out the, the dice rolling, save yourself a few seconds at least. Um, the I other thing is, like that. yeah, the other thing is talk <laughs> to, you know, like if you, if you just personally had something bad going on and you come away from a game feeling really like, you feel like it was a bad game or you had somebody who was really confrontative or basically told you, you sucked as a GM. Yeah. You go and talk to somebody, you know, that's what the room captains are for. That's what the other GMs are for. That's what friends are for. Uh, <laughs> damn Skippy. amigo, damn Skippy, <laughs> you know, and I will put it out there for, for anybody, you know, GMing, you know, if you have something and you need to talk, come find me. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I'm, easy, I'm easy to find. Cause I'm on that. I'll be on a scooter rolling around with my bald head. <laughs> we love you, Rusty. You are a genius for setting that up. Oh, my God. The Orc Decker has slick fucking wheels. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Rusty. And thank you to everybody who uh, who donated towards that GoFundMe. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just hating what situations in my life. I'm like, I can't. Shit. I can't donate. Yeah, but, I know. Oh no, it was it, it it was amazing. I didn't even know Rusty was going to do that. We had been oh. talking, and he had thrown out like he's like, you know, have you ever thought about getting a scooter? And I was like, like buying your own personal scooter because I've been renting one for years, and it's expensive and it's a pain in the butt to find one because they sell out. Oh, quick. They 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 get rented up quick and stuff. And I oh, said, yeah. yeah, I would love to, but it's a matter of immediate liquidity. I've been having issues with. Yeah, liquidity and like I've been having issues well. getting disability and stuff taken care of, which would have helped. Um, if ever need help? Let me know. That so, let's just put it. There. I can argue. <laughs> so I I went to bed one day and then I get up, you know, a few hours later and I check Facebook and I was like, "What is this? What's, Holy crap! Surprise! <laughs> yeah. So that it's was like, amazing. Yeah. And I can't. I honestly. I, I, I find it very hard to find the words to express how much I'm, how grateful I am for everybody. Cause that was just, I, it blew and no, me away I, and just completely, just completely, de- you know. Yeah. yeah some last year, I, I remember this from last year in August mm-hmm. when uh, there was a whole thing with where my mom was in the hospital. They thought she was pretty much going to be dead before the end of the week mm-hmm. and like I had talked to a couple of funeral homes and they were like, this is the ballpark of what it's going to cost. And in something absurd, like I think it was like 16 hours or something. We had hit the goal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everything switched and my mom was like awake. She was coherent. She was telling the doctors, no, you're not doing this. You're doing this. And like, I had shut everything down because I had hit the goal. And then the next morning she's waking up and I'm like, whoa, I didn't expect, I figured it would be like, Oh, this would help offset like for like a couple of weeks till I can afford to do it. You know, and I just the, the there were people 
from the show that we're donating and everything else. It was just, yeah. When, when you see people that are willing to just reach out and just throw whatever they can at it. Sometimes good things happen for good people. It's the reason that gamers, sometimes it's like we're looked at some of the most selfish, self-centered people, but when you see us rally, we will lift you to heights where you can be, we want you, well, let me just put it this way. I want you to see yourself the way I and sway so many members of the Shadowrun community see you as creative, as, as amazing, as a wealth of knowledge, as fun and, and a, probably one of the most loyal friends I've ever had. And I, I think also when we pull something like this, when no matter what the hell's going on and when we rally, it's kind of cool because it's a physical representation of how you're seen by the gaming community. So it's congratulations. I think you got a glimpse of what we see in you. Well, thank you. It's yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, still looking for a spoiler for it, by the way. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, spoiler with mobile Wi-Fi, because God damn it, if he doesn't have a good fucking high rating, that is <laughs> Well, I think that really does wrap up nicely some of the things to think about for GM conventions, for GMing at a convention. And so check the doodly-doo for kind of some additional write-ups and thoughts. And in the meantime... Links to Bull and all of his awesomeness are in the doodly-doo Exactly, well. Yes. And in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and kind of roll right on into our usual segment of... And now we enter Stat Blocks. This is a segment where you can use something that we've created in your game tonight. One, two, three, not it. You went too fast. So... No, I tried to time it right before that. <laughs> and since we went before it ended, not it. That means Jules has to go first. Yep. Oh, I bloody well. well. Okay. Well, by the way, Bull, uh, I dedicate my stat block to you because um, about a month ago, he he my my favorite game in the whole wide world is Little Fears to to run, and he got in contact with Jason Blair. And said, I'm pretty much a super mega fan. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know the guy. He's really nice. I'm like, oh, my God. And then he gives me a shout out saying she really loves the game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so for Bull, (laughs) here are the crystal hearts. All right. The dark. They've corrupted everything loved and cherished. All treasured memories covered in sludge and tar. All protections lost. Then there is a light. It's warm, almost too bright to look at. There's a figure there, a silhouette so sharp you could almost cut your finger on the edge. The crystal hearts, a subset of the butterfly warriors. They are the most powerful warriors that fight against the denizens of closet land. These are the children who combine their soul with the power of their belief. They are the only warriors from whom the seven kings flee. Even the boogeyman knows to give them a wide berth. But why haven't they won against the darkness? Unfortunately, it's part of the pack they make when they merge their soul in their belief. The crystal hearts, they burn so bright, but only for half a lifetime. And they can no longer raise their arms for themselves. They can only raise arms on behalf of someone else. They can only go on the offensive in an active defense. They can no longer defend themselves. They can only defend someone else. So how far would you go? What would you risk? What keeps you fighting when everything is stripped from you and you can no longer lift your arms to defend yourself? How do you find the strength to fight on? Would you throw your life away to defend a weakling, a stranger, a nobody? They've already made their decision. What's yours? Nice. Very cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That is that was that's very nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad it's acceptable. <laughs> you did good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, go. <clears throat> okay. 
The coin of cats and dogs. It's large for a coin, taking up your entire palm from pinky to thumb, and it's embossed with the mold of a dog on one side and a cat on the other. As you turn it over, though, you notice the size of the canine and feline figures seem to change. Large, small, heavy, scrawny, never quite the same, but distinctly cat on one side and dog on the other. It's only when you're out in the town and trying to pass the time you notice something odd. First, as you're holding the coin, any dog or cat you see seems to have a glow to them. Not a true light source, but as if the very colors radiating off them are set several stages higher. Your eyes are drawn to them. And then you flipped the coin. The coin lands cat side up, and the dog you're looking at suddenly shifts to an identical image of the impression of a cat. Large, fluffy, and altogether very undog-like. You pick up the coin and flip it again, dog side. Only this dog is leaner, muscular, like some nobleman's hunting dog rather than the mutt that was digging through the trash a moment ago. There's a commotion, and the dog runs before a set of city guards comes storming by. They're all shouting a name, Lord Paws, as they rush past you. The fleeing dog stops a moment in recognition and starts to run back. And then you flip the coin again. Cat side, only the image is much larger than that of a house cat. Far more muscular, bulkier. The tiger doesn't look happy. And you really hope you can flip the card again, coin again before it reaches you. <laughs> oh, delightful, sweetie. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Nice, sir. Thank you. (sighs) Zen, you're up. All right. Grouper. In the darkness after the collapse of the world, generations will pass before they can truly start to rebuild. But even then, the people that will come out of it will have changed. Maybe from the fallout, from the shift of the poles or perhaps it's some mystical energy that's flooded the planet this is the world grouper lives in she is the truest urban primitive she has made this urban wasteland her home finding relics of the lost time finding her in this place is possible if you've read the signs Grouper is unique in that she's trying to rebuild a society. She uses her talents and her true power to get wanderers to come to find her and her tribe. Her true power is maybe mystical, maybe it's mutation, but it is powerful. She is able to shape concrete and metal and glass into shapes that it's never been in. Also, scale is a part of it as well. When she takes and molds the old structures of the lost age into symbols and language that you can see from outside of the old places, these tell you where you can find her or places that she can find you. Do you look for her? Of course you do. That water can isn't going to fill itself after all. Cool. Dang. Nice. Very cool. I like it, sir. Thank you. Go to Mojica. The most glorious and exalted Congress of fine fellows and distinguished ladies. Greetings and salutations. But yes, you were expected here amongst your fellows. Who am I? Oh, that should not be of your concern, young master. I'm not more than furniture, nor less than a butler. I merely buttle well. Yes, you can place your coat and bag here in the foyer. I shall attend to them. Your meeting is about to begin. I would not want you to make a poor first impression at the table. Yes, the study is down the hall and to the left, young master. You shan't miss it. It's opposite the globe in the hall. I do expect you should be just in time to hear about the next stage of the plan. Oh, it wouldn't be my place to discuss that plan, Master. Uh, That is for you and your fellows who have made the preparations. Uh, I will merely be an observer to this and to the inevitable future. Oh, pish-posh, I am quite certain you are exactly where you should be. 
but that is of no matter that you hadn't realized the Congress was tonight, your arrival was ordained, and, as I have mentioned, you were expected. Now, off with you to the study. The dimensional rift shan't open without your vote. I'll bring along tea and crumpets presently. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. delightful. Fine. Oh my god. That is <laughs> fine. Oh my god, that was lovely. Ah, okay. Well, should we roll? Let's Two. let's let's flip over to the next thing. Lexicon, where we give you cool words to help improve your vocabulary. All right, folks. This is going to be a, an easy one here. That's what she said. <sighs> Seriously. Oh, you went there? Yes, that I was, did. Come on, I never get it. That's you never sent me fruit. And, I know, and, but you and never sent me hanging fruit has something to do with what I'm about to talk about here. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that is what Seminole. she said. <laughs> Just wait. So, seminal is the word, and it is an adjective. Originating? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I can hear, I can well, hear you going on, say, just like wanting to start going into this. Originating? Er? Um, definitive? Yeah. Initial? Yeah. Now, World War One, the seminal catastrophe. Okay. There, there's also the yes, literal. But it's actual definitions. The actual definition... Of or relating to semen. Of? <laughs> yep. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha low-hanging fruit. I wasn't bringing that shit up. Yep. It also is containing or contributing to seeds of later development. So. Uh, the origin and etymology is Latin from Middle English... And basically, it's semen. <laughs> like everything relates back to semen in this case. So men are always thinking about their dicks. Ain't yeah, they? pretty much. Um, <laughs> its first known use is the 14th century, and it is actually in the top 30 percent of words, where we normally shoot for that really low ball of like. <laughs> Oh, like, <laughs> oh, the pun. The puns. I know. I can't help it. I, I, uh, this, this is some deep hurting. Get a handle on yourself, man. <laughs> but, oh, so bad. I know. That can be just as terrible as y'all. Oh, it's so much fun, though. Okay. Well, it's, it is what it is. Usually we, we strive for things that are in the lower 50%, but this was. In the list of everything, it was one that's kind of there. And it's not, while it is something that's used a lot, if you're using descriptions and stuff like that, it's not used as often. So that's why. Yeah. But. And it's still a cool world, word anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. So, folks, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. And so we now have, we're going to go ahead and hit closing remarks and then we are going to get out of here. So, Since I went last, I'll go ahead and go first this time. Uh, I'm going to go yay. ahead and recommend that you pick up some of the Blue Beetle series, specifically the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle and any of the collections from the series that introduced him. It was a fantastic reimagination of the Blue Beetle legacy that kind of blended together Golden Age, Silver Age, and Bronze Age components of the story, and also gave DC a teenage hero to have a coming-of-age story they'd lacked for a while. It's Oh, and it's so good. Blue Beetle is It's just so out and out amazing. fun, four-color superheroics with a great meta plot, and all of it that's got a real tug-at-the-heartstrings characterization. Cool. I agree on that one. That I was agree. a fantastic series. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Jules, what do you got? Dark Souls Remastered. 
say video game on Steam, everyone knows prepare to die. Or if at first you don't succeed, die, 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 again. die, die, die again. <laughs> well, the thing is that I, I tried it not to do, uh, you know, my, my husband was playing it. Zippy's quite good at it. And of course, she's making ridiculous commentary like "I'm walking on sunspine," yeah, no. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I picked it up, and it runs smoother. And because of, of of some of the updates, not much, but enough of the updates and made it's like somebody that has brain damage, like me. Mm. You know, it, it's the patterns are, and it's the game has always been very fair, but the patterns are locked, but. They've put in a couple of things where it helps. I can see it. I Within two hours of playing, I died a bit, but then I realized I parry better than Zippy. I can pull it off nine times out of ten. He still can't do it. Nice. Now, now are you parrying with single-handed weapons or going dagger thief route? Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, I, am parry, I am parry reposting. And I have pulled that. I can pull it off usually 19 times out of 20. I know. I checked. But I can I can do uh, backstabs on our granite, but parry reposts and the little things they put in, like, because with the updated graphics, I can actually see. It's like, ah, that's when I pull it off. Neat. You know? Awesome. And the sounds are a little bit better synced. It, 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 they were always really good, but it's like I noticed there's a slight difference. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, parry or pause, parry or pause. And I'm like, fuck you, have all the rocks. Suck it. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, for a newbie that hasn't even hit uh, that hasn't even hit any of the blacksmiths yet, that's good. Yeah. Because he's like, big fucking thing, bash. And I'm like, I've, I've got this little round shit. I'm like, parry, repost, fuck you. It's the point that goes into the van. I felt like Zoro, but more badass and a hell of a lot uglier because. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm actually looking to pick that up later this year when it's going to be out on the Switch. Uh, it's. It, I will be honest. The the updated and there's there's a lot less chugging, which screws up your timing. I haven't had any area, and I even went to old uh to New Londo. You know the whole drowned city, no chugging. Hmm. So I'm like, uh. cool. All right, next. No. I have been rereading uh, a series of books from the Trader's Tales from the Golden Age of Solar Clipper by Nathan Hull. So the good. The books, quarter share, half share, and full share, what I'm reading right now, they're, they're the most interesting books where nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> they take place in you know space-faring merchant marines, travel in and out of planets, gravity wells, and star systems, gravity wells. But it follows the character Ishmael Wong, as he kind of has a coming of age in the first three books and the next three kind of cover his adulthood and there's like new books coming out now. It's great. Ishmael? Yeah. His mom. Yeah, you you get the call me Ishmael from Moby Dick. Yes. His mom was an English lit professor. Yeah. It it actually (laughs) all makes sense. It's amazing. The series. It's ruddy brilliant. They're fantastic books. They originally started in body books way back when. Well, and Nathan was mm-hmm. in Dog Days of Podcasting last year. Oh yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was fun. I it was fun to hear him talking about things that he was doing. But he cheats anyway. He has a daily podcast. So. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. good stuff. So uh like I said, pick it up, quarter share, half share, full share. That first trilogy is kind of one big story that ties together pretty well. So it's a great place to start to kind of get introduced to the universe. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I'm, I'm, with the literary drops already like that, even though Melville does kind of drag on, but stuff like Always. that, I got to check that out. Damn it. Oh, and they, well, they also podcast, they're, they're audio, like in podcast mm-hmm. form. You can just download all of the books. Like I that. am going to have difficulty. I don't think they're actually available in that mode anymore. Oh. <gasps> He had a deal with a publishing house that went over to do his new stuff, and part of that deal was to read the old stuff. If you ask the right fans, you might be able to get a hold of it. <laughs> but since Patio Books doesn't exist anymore, oh. you can only get so. Okay, yeah, that would explain why. Yeah. Okay. So 
Bull, do you have any uh, shout outs? He's got a new game he's been playing. Tell him about it. It's so cool. State of Decay 2? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been playing State of Decay 2. Uh, just came out for Xbox and it's Windows 10. It's not on Steam at the moment. Um, you have to have Windows 10 to play it. Uh, but the neat thing about it is it's got online capability that crosses between Windows 10 and Xbox Live. Uh-huh. So, so you can play with console players, which is Xbox. really cool. Yeah, and it's, it's, a con- it's, it's Xbox. It's like... Yeah. But it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a sur- zombie survival horror game, basically, where it's more of a zombie action survival game. You recruit, you go out and find and, and save and recruit uh, other survivors, build up a base, slaughter lots of zombies, and scrounge for supplies. It's nice. it's, a, it's a ton of fun. I I loved the first game when it came out a number of years ago, and uh, this one adding multiplayer has been a lot of fun because it's it's great to team up with your friends and go out and just slaughter zombies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over. It's just the way you've been describing that game. I was like, Oh my God, you got to, I want to hear about, but um, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I didn't realize it actually was full uh, cross platform compatibility because I, I have a lot of Steam games, but I'm better playing with a controller than because yeah. I can't 360 no scope to save my life. Yeah, I'm I'm playing on uh, I'm playing on the PC, but I'm using a uh, Xbox, Xbox controller. Oh, so it is controller compatible yeah. too. Ooh. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of games that are like that nowadays. Yeah, I know, but usually it's like they're not optimized for yeah, it. You it's know? true. <laughs> Yeah, no, this so. one's this one's perfectly it, it works works perfectly fine with the controller. I've been enjoying it. So you can still be part of the PC master race and use your <laughs> user controller. Yeah, because I suck at mouse and keyboard. <laughs> me, too. me too, man, me too. <laughs> keyboard and trackball. Just saying. Still can't do it. Not I, not my thing, man. I grip I don't the problem play is with the trackball like I will crush. I, I've crushed too many uh, trackballs because my grip. <sighs> Piano did wonderful things, but certain things, it's like, I have mutant hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mine is actually a video game, too. Though I've only gotten to play the demo at the point because it just came out like uh-huh. Wednesday, <laughs> like yesterday. And that is uh-huh. uh, Detroit. Become human. Oof. You are an android. I, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit about that. It looks really cool. It was way cool. Like you play like the first like encounter basically in the game. And it is slick. Like you start and it's like if you do the wrong thing like from the beginning. Because basically you're in there. You're because it's you're the demo, it's, yeah, but it's not like telltale, demo. but it's, 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 it's really cool because yeah. like when you're walking in, it's like, Oh, what is, she, what are they doing with, you know, why is he here? And you're just like, what the hell, you know? And then you go in further and like, there's a fish laying on the ground. And as you pick it up, like you can either leave the fish there to die or you can pick it up and put it in the fish tank. And when you go to put it in the fish tank, you realize that there's bullet holes in the fish tank and you're like, well, okay, you throw the fish in there and you start looking at stuff. And every time you do something that pushes you from being more AI and doing things like saving an animal's life, it starts to like you'll see glitches in the like in the screen for like just a split second as it shoots across, saying, you know, like um kernel kernel corruption. And it'll just change like little bits. As you're going, you become more and more human from the way it looks. And it's because you do a couple of different things. And if you do them, like there's a point where you can actually lie. You can choose to lie or tell the truth. And if you lie, like it does, again, there's another glitch as you become, you're becoming more human in your interactions. It's really fun. Now I've so heard. Are they are they going with Asimov's three laws of robotics kind of a thing going no. on? No, <laughs> no, because like you have a gun, and there's actually like he killed one guy, 
like an android killed somebody and then uh he's getting ready to kill a little girl like that's the opening like trailer for the game like for the demo it's it's fun like i've seriously thought about you know going ahead and dropping the like 60 bucks to get it and i don't usually buy games when they first come out because i don't want to pay 60 bucks for a game <laughs> yeah there, there's only one studio i will i, I will buy from on release date myself so yeah so it's just one of those things but it's it looks really cool but i've heard part of it is the guy who actually wrote the game david cage douchebag extraordinary yeah that's what i've heard and yep he's being caught up in the uh, me too movement so it's there's, and rightly so. there's a lot of things where I'm like, the game looks really cool. The premise is brilliant. But I, yeah, it's that's why I was like, I'm going to say this because I know that there are people out there that will take and and not play something if the if they know it's by a certain person. So, yeah. So be forewarned. <laughs> and I don't even know who it is. I would have bought the game anyway. Like I would have bought it and then I found out who he was and I'm like, Oh yeah, I probably won't buy this until it's like, I might buy it like secondhand, secondhand? or on sale. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so give it a couple of weeks and it'll be on resale for at GameStop. Yep. So <laughs> actually there's probably one there right now. So. All right, so we have got it. That is everything, folks. It has been a blast. Bull, it was and awesome having you on. Oh, thank you for having me. This oh. was a lot of fun. We might have to see. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get on more stuff. Yeah, well, you know, in two, in a week and a half, we're going to have him at Origins, and I'm going to make him sit down with me. Hey, I'll be glad to do that. I cannot guarantee sobriety, but... I will definitely sit down. I don't with you. care about sobriety. <laughs> you should have seen the three-hour recording session that we did last time. In fact, you it'll guys. probably be much more entertaining if we're all drunk. Uh huh. So, yeah. And just we're going to slide And hey, you know, if there's anybody else there that you guys want to talk to, I will gladly drag them along as well. Well, we should do that. We should grab a whole bunch of people and record a big, big thing. That's that's like one advantage going to be one there ad- and stuff. Origins so. after dark. One, one advantage yeah. to being having done these conventions and for for twenty years and being uh-huh. in the game industry this long <laughs> is that I know quite a few folks. So I am, and I'm more than happy to grab them and drag them over to do stuff. Yeah, that would be a lot of it's fun. Actually, fun. we we should just like make you an unofficial like convention helper. <laughs> <laughs> go get this person (laughs) okay oh well the nice thing about origins is unlike gen con origins is a much more mellow convention yeah it's easy so you can do do stuff like that gen con everybody's like got a wall-to-wall schedule i forgot to schedule anything for origins i should probably look and see what's open well Uh, like i said we're gonna have to get francis like maybe do like an after dark thing where we get all of us and francis and we'll just all game and record it if you, if you don't mind, I have one shout out for, for Origins I'd like to, to like to post because this is like the one thing I schedule. Yes. Uh, I have a buddy, Larry. Uh, he's He goes by the stage name Larry XL. Uh, they're doing a comedy show Friday night at uh, Origins. They're actually doing two shows, one during the day that's family friendly and one at night that's uh, less family friendly at 10 o'clock. Um, there's like five comedians. Larry's one of them. Uh, Larry is hilarious. He's a great guy. Great comedian. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing his show. Do we have to buy seats beforehand? Or uh, it is, do we have to do it's, generics it's or what? Three generic tickets done. for the show. Okay. I'm in. So, and I encourage everybody to show up and have a good time. Yeah. Damn, Skippy. Now, other than that, I've got a, uh, I've, I got the board game uh, room pass. That's always a good so, thing. Me too. So I will do board games and. Yeah, well, you go out and just chill out and play board games, and it's a good time. Uh, I, speaking of which, I have a new but board that game is that a we're going to have to play at some point. For another show. Ooh, what'd you get? Ah. It okay. is. It is. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But I'll tell you after we get off. <laughs> All right, everybody. So.
We will see you get some rest. Yeah. We will see you at every upcoming convention that Find we are at. Find us on social and media there, and um, uh, say hi. Well, we won't see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take care, everybody. Bye. You can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050GardMoget. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seizethegm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. And we thank you. joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.